As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on The Athletic Network. It's a great network. It's Monday, December 27th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we've got Taz Mellis. I've got a little sports tidbit for you guys. The Buffalo Bills didn't punt against the New England Patriots on Sunday. The first time a Bill Belichick defense has had that happen to them at any point in Bill Belichick's career. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> and finally... <laughs> Uh, filling in for JD, back like he never left. He covers the OKC Thunder for the Athletic. He hosts slash produces, I don't know, a good 20 other podcasts on the network, <laughs> right. including one of our favorites, Saturday's Slam and Jam on the Athletic NBA show feed. It's Andrew Schleck. What's up, Andrew? Hey, guys. Glad to be back. We're Do you have a have cool you. football tidbit for us, like Tass? <laughs> oh, no. I still, I don't know if anybody follows college football, but my Oklahoma State Cowboys lost just a heartbreaker. And since then, I've just fe- been feeling sports pain when I think about football. Oh. So, trying to, trying to stay so, away from football. What is this, a bowl game? No, no, it no. It was, it was the uh, Big 12 championship game. They were, they were two inches away from winning the game. And it just and it, getting a bowl of Tostitos or something. Oh, that's a bowl game. <laughs> right. I, I I never know. I'm with Skeets. I'm sorry about your heartbreak, but I mean I'm more concerned with when the bowl games start, when the championship, the tournaments end. It. I don't even know what they are. No, I no mean, it's, And we're in the South. We should know this. We should. Stuff. We, really, we really should. I, I think I think uh, Trey's Michigan is still alive, right? Maybe they're playing. Oh, yeah. uh, they might be playing Georgia. I think I actually have two, three. I think. There you go. There we go. Okay, what are we doing here? This is an NBA <laughs> podcast, guys. Shout out to the stream team for joining us live right now on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, share the show. Just the three of us here on a fine Monday morning. Uh, JD is actually on vacation. He's made his way to Canada. He got through the border. He is there. So good for him. Lee's still up there moving around. Last I saw, he's in Calgary throwing water in the air to show how cold it was as it crystallized. Uh, right then and there in the minus 30, 35, 40 degree weather that he's experiencing in Calgary. And TK still in Illinois. I know he took in a Bulls game last night, got out to the arena, but uh, we'll be missing him here for this show. That's all right. It's great to have Andrew back in the mix. 
Let's just talk about the Thunder for 40 minutes. <laughs> Andrew, why not? We could do that. Let's talk Ken. They can't lose. What's, what's going on with this team? talk about Kenrich Williams for 45 minutes. I could do that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Everyone's, so, everyone's separate right now, including the old studio, the new studio. Mm, it's by itself. Yeah. Yeah, just relaxing, getting ready for the new year. What do you think, Tass? What are the odds everything is still hanging on the wall when we go back <laughs> to the studio in early uh, January in 2022? I say 100%. I don't. I don't. I think I think the temperature flux down here is going to, mm. you know, cause havoc on something we have on the wall down there. I'm a little concerned. But uh, yeah, we'll get back into the new studio, as Tass called it, uh, in 2022 when everybody's back. So early January. Uh, email in your NBA questions, though, to nodunksattheathletic.com. We might hit the beach later this week when Andrew's back with us on Thursday. So this week, late week for your boys, with everybody basically on vacation still. We'll be here today, of course, on Monday and then Thursday on December 30th. Andrew, once again, helping us produce that. So get your questions in, nodunksattheathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc. And finally, The Athletic is running an end-of-the-year deal, like an offer right now, for all new customers, $24 for an annual subscription. And this deal right now, it's live, runs through midnight to December 31st. So you have till 2021 ends to take advantage of this deal. Don't drag your feet. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks so they know that we sent you. So you can get no dunks podcast free. You can get slam and jam podcast free. No ads. Get all yeah. that great stuff. No ads. No mm-hmm. ads. Although some people think the ads are the best part of our show. Right. So. <laughs> True. Not mine, but yours. Sure. I mean, yeah. that's what we've been that's what we've been told. Uh, so guys, we are gonna get to our NBA Christmas weekend winners. Uh, we've got some news to discuss, including uh renewed momentum in this mid-season, in-season NBA tournament, whatever you want to call it. That's Woj reporting that, so we'll get to that. But before all of that, oh boy, since we last talked to you guys, we had five wedgies. That's unbelievable. Five golden rings, Tass, five wedgies. (laughs) Uh, We start here on Thursday night, DeMarcus Cousins with the running hook. Yes. Bit of a rare one. Kicking it old school, DMC. (laughs) For sure. Then same night, we're going to give this one to Jading McDaniels of the Wolves. You know, it's uh, it's the tip variety. Donovan Mitchell probably got his hand on it as well, but we'll give it to the Wolves player there. Then on Christmas Day, oh, a Christmas miracle, Alec Burks <laughs> sticking wedgie number 19 at that point. Oh, we're not done because on Sunday, Corey Kispert blows the wide open layup, but we're, uh, we're not angry with it because then he gets a... A weird tip wedgie right after that. Yeah, and it came okay. out pretty quick. That's one that we could miss, you know, yeah. the Sunday after Christmas, but we got it. That's true. And then, oh, Andrew loved it. I saw him tweeting about it. Lou Dort, drop Dort, exclamation mark, cap locks in the stream team right now. Dort sticks a uh, number 21. So, wow. we went what a blur. From, we went from 16 when we last talked to you, what, on Thursday morning, I guess yeah. it was, right, Taz, when we were in the studio? To now to 21. So many wedgies tasks. WedgieTracker.com wasn't even working for me this morning. I think we, we like crashed the system. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, five yeah. wedgies and uh, yeah, we had a two in one night, then one on Christmas Day, which is always special. That is a gift. Nice. And then uh, a couple on Sunday as well. They're flying together. They're, oh. Then those last two were within probably 15 minutes. Oh, of, very, very close. Of actual yeah. time together because we were we were slacking back and forth. Number twenty on the board, and you said I'll grab the I'll grab the next one. The next one. You mean yeah, you, you mean number yeah. twenty? Yeah. yeah. But no. Pfft, flying. 
by the time I was grabbing number 20 from Kispert, yeah, Dort was sticking the uh, three-point wedgie there in OKC. So uh, a magical Christmas weekend here for your boys at No Dunks. But let's get to the actual winner's tasks. Uh, where do you want to start? Who is your NBA Christmas weekend winner? Listen, Christmas was really good in terms of basketball. Um, I want to start with the Warriors and Otto Porter specifically, but I'll take you to the beginning of the day because this is how Christmas Day basketball started on ESPN. Here's the opening voiceover. I'm going to quote it because it has to do with Otto Porter and the Warriors, in, in my opinion. It's the most wonderful day of the year, basketball on Christmas, where the stars shine just a little bit brighter. Everyone's in the giving spirit. You might even see a Christmas miracle. Now, first two games, meh, not really a miracle. There was no miracle there. But game three, the two best teams in basketball this season, Warriors and the Suns. The Warriors a little shorthanded, and they decide to sit Stephen Curry with five minutes left in that game of a five-point basketball game. The Warriors are up five. Steph sits. Now, to me, this is a miracle. When the Warriors are putting on the floor – a very defensive-minded lineup. No Wiggins, no pool because they are out. Curry sitting out this this point. Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, Gary Payton II, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Otto Porter on the floor. <laughs> what a lineup. Yes, and the first possession, not to worry. Here's the Christmas miracle. Otto time. Otto Porter lines up a deep three. And Steve Kirk called it the biggest shot of the game. That extended it to eight. And then Otto went on to score three more baskets in those last few minutes. He scored 10 points in the last five. Steph didn't even have to score a point after he returned. And Otto just saved the day. He had a season-high 19 points. I know it's not a huge number, uh, but when you get your season-high on Christmas Day and you can let your best player sit and you can be the go-to guy on offense, to me, that was a miracle. We talked about... Anthony Bennett, if we remember the number one pick in the 23 NBA draft last year as a potential replacement for all these guys who are sitting out. Well, Otto Porter was also in that draft at number three. He was drafted by the Wizards. They extended him in 2017 and then they trade him to the Bulls because the Wiz were basically done with them. And now this is obviously his biggest moment since probably some of those Wizard days. Uh, he he didn't live up to the billing, but uh, this Warriors franchise their coaching staff, even the Curry effect, the Draymond effect, the Steve Kerr effect, allowing guys to really play within their roles. Uh, uh, on this day, on Christmas Day, the Golden State Warriors played Quindary Weatherspoon. Quindary Weatherspoon, that is a name. He's a G League call-up, and he played great. He played great defensive ball, uh, and he had a few buckets. They played Chris Chioza, one of their two-way players, Juan Toscano-Anderson, their one of their back-end rotation guys that they've made a solid guy. Jonathan Kuminga, a rookie who just started playing recently. I mentioned Gary Payton the second, who they've that he started in this game, and he has been a great find for them as their number 15 guy. They picked him over Avery Bradley. I, I just I, I say all this because yeah, the Warriors won it with their depth. They were had they were shorthanded, no Iguodala as well as as well as Wiggins and Jordan Poole. And they came through uh in the clutch there. To me, this was a, a miracle. I know they wanted this game real, real bad because the Suns beat them a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but this felt uh yeah, felt like a playoff game. The Warriors were absolutely possessed to start this game. Draymond Green was bouncing. He played so well up and down uh, the roster and they needed to play well to sort of overcome their lack of offensive talent. But man, did they do that? That was a, a really good show on Christmas Day. That was uh, I know we'll get through some of the other games, but just a really good day of basketball. Can you remind me if Otto Porter ever made one of your El Tizo teams? Hmm. 
Yeah, a guy, a guy who shows some flashes. Yeah, uh, I don't think Otto. I don't think Otto made it. No, no, okay. no. Not enough flashes usually from <laughs> Otto Man. Nah, I guess, I guess not. I mean, there was, there was a few. I guess you're remembering maybe yeah. a flu. Yeah, that's why they extended him to a big deal. They thought he was going to be the number three guy behind Beal and Wall, and uh, that did not happen. Obviously. I like that he not only looks like Wilt Chamberlain at times, but he did on Christmas Day too. There, uh, with that the flurry of buckets, like you said, late in the game, it's got a striking resemblance to uh, some Wilt Chamberlain photos. Yeah. Okay, Otto Porter Jr. Wow, who would have seen that coming? Uh, it's a for miracle an Christmas weekend winner. I guess it is. Well, I'll piggyback off of that because one of my winners of the weekend is really all of you sickos like me that can't stop watching basketball references MVP tracker. Because we had three of the four MVP favorites, three of the four at the table, balling out really this weekend. Because Curry had two monster games. Yeah, he was sitting there for some interesting minutes late. Curry trying to buy in some time. But over the extended Christmas break for us, Curry, in two nine-point victories against the Grizzlies and the Suns, so two good teams, he averaged 39.5 points per game, five assists, four boards, two and a half steals, Shot 47% from the floor, 43% from three on 15 attempts per game from deep. My goodness. And he was a cool 20 for 21 from the free throw line. I know Lee would have held that against him for missing the one, but that's Curry and his numbers. Then you had Giannis. He's still in this race, the two-time MVP. They, on Christmas Day, they're trailing, for the most part, double digits for most of the game against the Celtics. And then he scores 29 of his 36 in the second half. He has 12 boards, five assists, two blocks. I mean, big play after big play late. Just, I mean, you talk about Draymond having bounce in the Warriors game. Well, that's like Giannis coming back from what? Missing five games, uh, being out of uh, of the lineup, health and safety protocols, and then just, just looks like the most athletic freak uh, in the second half of a game when people get a little more sluggish. So he gets the Bucks the victory. And then I'm not done because Jokic is still there. The reigning MVP. He had two monster games. They split them for Denver, but he had 26 points, 22 boards. Yep, big beef. Shout out to Trey. As Denver rallied past the Clippers, 103-100. They also sort of gave up a big lead in that, but they got the victory last night. He had eight assists. And that was after another game where he had another 2020 type of game task. He actually became the first player to record 25-plus points, 20-plus rebounds, and 5-plus assists in consecutive games since... Who, Tass? Can you name it? No. 1988, Charles Barkley. <laughs> Going way back. So just monster numbers. And again, I'm clicking on this basketball reference MVP award tracker every day. <laughs> and it's awesome right now because it's now it's Giannis one, Steph two, Durant is three, obviously wasn't playing there in the Christmas Day game. And then Jokic four. And it has like the probability percentage like their chances of winning this thing. It's so evenly split. Giannis, 19%. Curry, 18.7%. Durant, 16.9%. And Jokic, 16.6%. So for all the MVP favorites or guys at the table that were playing over these last couple days, I mean, they all balled out and like just put on a show, be it on Christmas or in Jokic's case, uh, those two games uh, surrounding the Christmas Day games there. Yeah, we got some ballers on, on Christmas Day as well as Jokic. Two things I want to I want to point out. First, let me ask you, did those performances and, and just the closeness of the Christmas Day games sort of help out the fact that we didn't have 
in your opinion, like, did, did it just feel all right that we didn't have Trey Durant and Luca, but we had these other Close games, games. Yeah, yeah, that, that made up for, for sure. that? Did that make up for it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, I, like, of course, you want the star players playing in these games, and the league does more than anyone because that's how they pitch all these games. Like when they show you who's playing, it's one guy, star player from Team X versus the other star player from Team Y. So that's what they do, and that's worked well for them, you know, <laughs> going back to your to your bird and magic and MJ days. But really, at the end of the day, I just want close games. Like, if, if my raps aren't playing, and they didn't play in a close game yesterday, uh, spoiler on that one, uh, then I just want, like, really entertaining finishes or comebacks or stuff like that. So, yeah, four of the five games on Christmas, pretty damn entertaining down the stretch. Uh so I'll take that. I think it more than made up for it. Yeah. And and I guess the first game you're or the other game that you're implying wasn't a close game is the the Knicks Hawks game which was the yeah. for the first game. Yeah. But that fit the uh, the usual the usual sort of feel of the first game as well. Never really totally. a a doozy. I don't know why. It's just too early for basketball players. It's too early. These guys just had their Christmas mornings, I'm, I assume, or, you know, the night before on Christmas Eve. There's the there's that. <laughs> yeah, just to get I'm sure to just get the energy going at a 12 o'clock tip. It's too early. Because uh, you're right. I mean, we need somebody to go check. It feels like those 12 o'clock games are usually snooze fest. They're snooze right? fest. Even if they're not yeah. blowouts, they're clunkers. There's there's a lot of clanking mm. going on. There's a lot of missed shots going on. These guys are creatures of habit they need their naps uh, and uh, I understand that because I need my sleep and that's why I was sleeping at midnight when our buddy Grish sent me a text and that leads me to my next question uh, he was rating the players he was watching Donovan Mitchell against the Dallas Mavericks and he was wondering yep. where, where is he is he top 10 is he top 15 but you know all that kind of thing yeah, yeah, and yep. and you re- reference the MVP tracker quite often uh, yep. as Rude Dog points out in the stream team, Skeets is the only one I've ever heard reference this MVP tracker. Yes. But I like that you reference it because we need to know that Jokic is in the top five easily. Every single time you mentioned it, you, you mentioned that Jokic is in the top five. And our buddy Grish yeah. didn't even have Jokic in the top five. He dropped into that six through ten category. Yeah. And Jokic is just playing so well. I mean, he can carry a team and he is... We talk uh, obviously a lot about Steph last year and the way they, you know, he carried that team to an eighth place finish. Well, Jokic is doing something even greater right now, uh, the way he's carrying a team right. to, you know, the, the sort of the middle of the Western Conference without Jamal Murray, without Michael Porter Jr. And he's having a better year than last year and, and he's not going away. He's just one of the best players in the game. So put him in that top five. I, I think that, you know, the guys we mentioned with Curry, Giannis Durant, and if you want to rank them, you know, him and it's hard to take out LeBron from there, but those are the guys and he deserves yeah. to be in there. Yeah. It's unbelievable that they're 16 and 16 with uh, how badly they've been hit with like star players, of course, on their team, not, not being in the lineup in Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And Will Barton, I know missed a good chunk of time. So yeah, it's pretty amazing what he's doing. It's even crazier that he's probably going to finish third or fourth. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it's just the honest truth. Like if, if the Warriors uh, have the number one record in the league, well, then Curry's a favorite. You know, same could be said maybe with the Nets and Durant. Uh, and then, yeah, the Bucks could still have that record. And it's like, there's no way the Nuggets are going to have it. He's going to have better numbers than he had in his MVP year with less help around him. And I don't think it's like, it's not a stretch for me to say he's probably going to finish at the end of the day. Third, fourth, or fifth, right? Maybe yeah, I think fifth. records should play a part in, in MVP voting because you do have effect a trickle down effect on the rest of your guys. Yeah, and I think I wasn't I wasn't willing to give it to Curry last year, but now that he's where he is, 
uh, yeah, he, as I said, you know, the auto porter, uh, the, the effect on guys like that, I, I think it has to be given some credit has to be given to Steph and on and on and on. So yeah, the record should play a part. So unless Jokic can leapfrog Curry, which is highly, highly unlikely in the standings. Yeah. Uh, and, and same with Durant, who's, you know, they're still, they're still number one and we'll get to them in a sec. Uh, that's uh, no, that's going to be hard, very hard to overcome. But that's, that's I'd like talking about Jokic because he absolutely is. He's he's disrespected not by not just by our buddy Grish, but people out there. As Jared Thomas points out, Jokic is the most underrated MVP in NBA history. It could be true. No one respects him as as an MVP. He's fantastic. He obviously is. He is, and we. I think I think we need to to continue to look at MVP tracker, even if you're the only one, if you're the only one who's only bookmarked that site skeets, That's right. uh, you gotta, yeah, you gotta keep, keep pointing it out. My buddy Grish is a casual, by the way. So don't, don't get all worked up about oh, that. Okay, everybody. Gotta yeah, teach yeah, the casuals. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess. Well, does that make uh, Kendrick Perkins and Richard Jefferson casual then too? Wasn't it yes. Zach Lowe getting all upset with them? Yeah, see, I, think, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they should recognize that Jokic is, yeah, he's having a better year than last year, but yeah, not the storyline, I guess. Not not juicy enough. And then, yeah, everybody has the voting fatigue immediately after a guy yeah. wins. Yeah. Uh, just back to the Mitchell thing, though. Mm. That was the question Sweet from Mitch. Uh, my buddy Grish. You don't got to go through your whole list. I get that. That's going to be a little tiresome, maybe a little boring, but like. Is Mitchell top 12? I don't know. Or is know. he more top 15 or top know. 20? Like, what does your gut say right away? <laughs> Well, he's absolutely top 15. Um, okay. I think, okay. I think, yeah, 12. Okay, so he's 12, knocking on the door of top 10, 11, 12. Yeah, he's there. I, okay. I'd have okay. to go through and get all casual <laughs> with my man Grish. But uh, yeah, I know we like to keep it cash here, but I'm not ready to do that. I mean, is he your top 12? Possibly. What a what a crazy text to wake up to at 7 in the morning, eh? Oh, and then I saw him and Unboxing then he repeats day. it. Then like, he repeats it. Holy hey! You got to read all these names he sent to you and you're like, it's I'm, at 7 in the morning, I'm lying in bed trying to think if Donovan Mitchell is top 12 in the league. It's, it's too much for that time. I haven't even yeah. yet. You know what was yeah. nice of him, though? He separated the top five with a nice space in the text. <laughs> Like he's 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 pretty good at, at formatting text. Uh, <laughs> so he had top five, then he had six through ten, and then he had eleven through fifteen. So that, yeah, that I think you got the up. second draft. That's why mm. I got the like here it all is. It wasn't formatted that nice. Some were caps locks, some weren't. <laughs> and then uh, and then you got like the edited version. You put a little more time to. Uh, okay, anyway, let's keep going here. Tass, uh, who else do you have for a uh, winner of the NBA Christmas weekend? Well, I mentioned those Brooklyn Nets. Uh, they are doing it with their depth right now. No Kevin Durant, as we mentioned. And I know uh, Mike D'Antoni back in the day with the Phoenix Suns, he got a lot of credit for getting role players paid because they came out of his system looking great. And I think Steve Nash, who was his point guard back then, he deserves some some of that credit right now with the Brooklyn Nets because he's inserting guys. And I think I think he is a, a guy who really empowers people because they started Bruce Brown. DeAndre Bembry, Nick Claxton, and Patty Mills alongside James Harden against the Los Angeles Lakers team. And those guys got the job done. It was a convincing thwacking of the Los Angeles Lakers out there. Uh, Patty Mills had 34 points, tying his career high. A Christmas Day record, eight threes, which is kind of surprising. That kind of mm. came out of nowhere for me. And yeah. uh, Curry usually doesn't play good on Christmas. That's, that's true. It, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. There's a lot of expectations at eight threes. It's a big number. It's still a big number, even though we thought mm -hmm. Steph Curry would hit 16 a, a few weeks ago. <laughs> I was just weirded out by so many moments in this Nets Lakers game. Uh, I, I don't know about you, Skeets, but I, you know, seeing 
center Carmelo Anthony at the end of the games getting hand drop offs like as LeBron would drive and the guy who's getting the ball on drop offs was Carmelo Anthony. That was weird. And then uh, we saw Nick Claxton, who, who I mentioned as one of the stars, one of the young guys, Steve Nash is empowering. 45 seconds left. This game is tied and he throws it down on the king for an incredible what photo. A photo. Yeah, yeah. I've shown it to you here on the stream team. He threw it down on Bron. Kudos. He went to go get after Claxton. Oh, they are both so high in this pick. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and it, LeBron is criticized for not playing defense. He's He went after this one. He got thrunked on. It was a bit of a thrunk. Yep. Definite thrunk. Um, and I, I zoomed in on it here. And so apologies to Cutter Airways. Their logo was in this. Uh, photo, but I had to cut her it out of there just to, to zoom in a little bit more uh, on Nick Clocks. It was just weird to see Braun get get thrown down on. Uh, he had not, 39 in this game. Uh, he was playing so well. And uh, I'll remember, obviously, that dunk. I mean, the Lakers just don't have a, a Patty Mills. <laughs> Patty, They literally right. don't have a guy like that. And they went after him in the offseason uh, to try and get him. But they're lacking. Another weird thing was seeing Russell Westbrook miss at the rim over and over and over again. Uh, he missed 11 shots at the rim. He was 4 yep. of 15, you know, within a few feet of the bucket. Uh, but this Lakers team, I'm glad their arena is named the Crypto Arena, whatever it's called. The Crypto.com Arena, I guess it's called. Because uh, like crypto, the Lakers go up and down. <laughs> <laughs> wow, nailed it. Uh, yeah, Bill Aram at the Athletic. Uh, a nice line about it. All it took was one game for the Lakers to get buried in the crypt. That's nice. Uh, very That's nice. That's not bad. Uh, but that That's was a convincing good. win uh, for the Nets. Yeah. Because, yeah, the Lakers, they came back and tied it. I said it was tied 45 seconds left, and it was only a seven-point loss, but they were down 20, and, and the fourth quarter flurry was – it just wasn't that convincing. Was that was it convincing mm-hmm. for you? I, I, I Not for me. Uh, I, I mean – It was nice as a viewer. Look, it was a close game, so, yeah, they were right back into it. Um, and you have LeBron on your team, so you like your chances to ultimately close it out. But, yeah, the Lakers are reeling here. We decided, Tass and I, only the two of us, with Andrew helping out with the producing. You know, we usually on Monday do our – Weekend winners and losers, but you know we're in the holiday spirit here. We decided oh, we got some news we can talk about later. Let's just stick to winners. But the Lakers would be on the losers list from the time we left on Thursday night. They got hammered by the Spurs, yeah. and then they got hammered here on Christmas Day. Or, or, sorry, not hammered, but they were getting hammered. Made it a game, and then uh, ultimately lose to the Nets. There. So, and and, then, and there are a lot of questions surrounding this team. Like, how do they turn this around? Uh, when LeBron is balling right now, too. That's the other part. Like, putting up monster lines and has a bit of, like, uh, I don't know, a little desperation you can sense from him. Like, holy crap, do I have to be doing all of this? And it's still not <laughs> resulting in victories. No, seriously. So, yeah. Yeah, he, ex- he would be on that list. Yeah, they, he, they would be. He expected a lot from guys like Kendrick Nunn, who hasn't played a game, uh, Malik Monk, who hasn't you know played to his capabilities. Those guys that they ended up signing at the end of the offseason to to fill in for the Caruso's that they let that they let to go to Chicago and all the guys that they traded for Russell Westbrook, he expected a lot from those guys because he keeps mentioning, you know, we haven't seen our full team yet. We haven't seen our full team yet. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's going to be a tough sledding here in in January and February. Uh, especially without Anthony Davis for another few weeks, and it takes away from what he did. He had a thirty-nine point game past Kobe for Christmas Day's all-time leading scorer mark, mm-hmm. and he played in uh, his sixteenth straight Christmas Day, which uh, or no record tying sixteen games on Christmas Day, 
he played in his 15th straight Christmas Day game. It's kind of weird because we were talking about, has he ever missed a Christmas Day game? Uh, but he's he's played in 16 of 19 years because he didn't play in his second, third, and fourth years on mm. Christmas, uh, which was weird that the NBA wouldn't be pushing Braun. They pushed him in the first year, but not in year two, three, and four, which is weird. Yeah. yeah. So he, he's, he's obviously looking good. Uh, but the Lakers, yeah, stir regulating. Well, one of my other winners from this sort of long weekend for us was a team that did, like I said, punk the Lakers on Thursday night. And that's the San Antonio Spurs. They beat them 138-110. And then on Sunday, steamrolled the very shorthanded Pistons, 144-109. That's a whole lot of points from San Antonio. And they're 14-18 and 18 now, Tass. Hmm. They've jumped up to 10th in the Western Conference. They've won three straight, four or five. To get them up there. Uh, it's pretty amazing. They're a fun team to watch. Now, they were one of the rare teams in the league, it feels like. Not all that impacted by COVID-19 this season. But that did change on Sunday morning. DeJounte Murray was ruled out. But it was okay. You know, they, they overcame the loss of their starting point guard, who could be all-star consideration, uh, by sort of sharing the workload. They had a season high 39 assists. Again, they're playing the Pistons. I get it. But Trey Jones, career high 11. Derek White added 10 assists. And I saw Ziller in his newsletter this morning. Happy anniversary, by the way, to, to uh, Ghostface Tom Ziller there. Two years running. One of the best newsletters in the game. Um, he said the Spurs have now scored 112 plus in nine straight games and have the number two offense in the league in the month of December and number six overall for the season. Just pop, man. Finds a way. Finds a way as he zeroes in. Gets closer and closer to the all-time... Uh, wins record for coaches i don't know what he is i i don't i don't track that as closely as i track <laughs> the uh mvp tracker on basketball reference but i i know he's getting close maybe somebody in the stream team can tell me the exact number it's probably like 12 or something like that that he's away from but yeah spurs gotta give him credit here they're they're back in the mix they'd be in the play-in and you watch them play and you're convinced they're just as good as the blazers or the wolves or the kings or you know any of these teams heck you could even talk me into the mavericks um so they're right there, Tess. Yeah, they shared the ball like crazy against that Pistons team. They had 39 assists, so it was, it was nice watching them, uh, even though it was you know against this Pistons team. It's it, it, it's a team, obviously, that's got to do it by committee, uh, and they did it without their best player in DeJounte Murray. But to go back-to-back monster games, 144, 139 before that, and they get up and down. They play one of the fastest paces in the league. I said anything is possible at the top of the show. And I think Greg Popovich shows that he's willing to change. He's an older fella, uh, but he's got no problem playing faster, playing different. He obviously changed multiple times throughout his coaching career when he was you know, playing with mm-hmm. the Twin Towers. And then he played a three ball style because uh, he needed to, to to go get championships. And now it's a different team and it's, it's an enjoyable watch. And you mentioned all the standings uh, that – Picture there, the Spurs. Yeah, they could, they could creep in there uh, quite oh, easily because no one is uh, really running away with it. Yeah, you know, you've got Alvin Gentry, who I'm sure would be uh, coaching one of the the losers if we were doing winning winners and losers of the weekend. Where Alvin Gentry just came out post game after that Kings loss and said that is the most. Like, what was the word? Uh, was it? I don't know if it was dis- embarrassing. Embarrassing. Okay, yeah, embarrassing oh, moment it, in oh, my it, well, thirty yeah. years in basketball. It's embarrassing, disappointing. I feel like he has said this three times already <laughs> about the Kings. As I saw that, I'm like, oh, he said it again? 
It's like, oh God, yeah, I, I, yeah. I can't. I don't have the quote in front of me. Yeah. Was it disappointing or embarrassing? But it was. Uh, well, it's probably both, to be honest. And um, and he was wearing he was wearing a mask when he said it, and, and so that's the one of the disappointing parts about masks. It's a little less emphatic. And Andrew, what did he say? He said, "This is the most disappointed I've been in my 34 years in the NBA." Mm. Wow. Which, if you followed Alvin Gentry at all, or even just look him up on Basketball Reference, like there's a lot of disappointment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, you know, he might be caught in the moment here. First I don't know. Moment. Yeah, this is what mean. the Kings do. This is what the Kings do. They just, <laughs> they just break you down to just nothing. <laughs> He's gonna quit, isn't he? He's just gonna walk away from basketball. The Kings did that. Uh, I saw uh, our Mo here in the stream team. Eleven games away from passing Don Nelson is Popovich, uh, according to to Mo. So thank you for that. So he, that sounds right. He's gonna get there. There was there was some talk at the beginning earlier uh, this year, yeah. wondering uh, this team not looking great. He he needs to get to twenty five wins. Is there a chance? But now it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He's gonna get. Yeah. There. That, that's that's looking more and more likely. All right, Tass. One more. Why not? You know. Hey, what 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 do you have to do today? What do you got to do for the rest of the day? <laughs> Nothing. Not right? much. Nah. No, not kidding. really. What am I gonna do today? Might trim my nails. Uh, gotta get <laughs> that done. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, that's what's on your to do list. It's the holiday sale. So come on. You know I'm busy, day. Skeets. You know I'm busy. Anyway. Really. Um. Okay. I, I'm I'm sticking with the stars for my winners. Julius Randle, I think, looked the best that he's looked all season. He hasn't looked like that all-NBA, all-star Julius Randle we saw last year. And they took care of the Hawks, 14-point win. It, you know, it was kind of felt like a blowout, but that's the way it should be if Julius Randle is playing to his capability, especially with Trey Young out on the other side. If Julius Randle is just taking and making threes, he was 6 of 9 from three-point land, and, and that's – that's what Julius Randle was last year, just able to just fire away and be confident that his shot was going in at all times. It was only 25 and 12. So statistically, he's had some 30-point games this year. But I thought that he looked, again, just just like that guy last year. And, and that's the difference between the Knicks of last year and this year. Julius Randle and that All-NBA All-Star uh, performance, is that for real? And it hasn't been up to this point. And that's why the Knicks... Uh, are disappointed are, are sub 500 but i don't know you know christmas can bring some uh some uh different performances out of people and i felt like uh that was that was the best julius randall uh, i i just again numbers not huge but he's playing defense and maybe it's because the bright lights were on but maybe this can be a bit of a catalyst for julius randall to get back to who he was last year because he hasn't been he hasn't been that confident in the in the taken and making category. He hasn't been a number one option, uh, but he looked like it in that first game. He he looked like the best player on the floor, and uh, that's obviously what the Knicks need with uh, the way they're constructed right now for them to get into uh, the playoffs. It's disappointing that they're sitting in the in twelfth right now, outside the play-in tournament, which is which is bonkers. But there's obviously lots of time left, and Julius could pull him out, pull him into the play-in picture. For sure. I also have just Christmas Day fans as a winner of the weekend um, because, you know, we've already touched on it, but a lot of these games were very exciting. And that's better than last year. I saw Schumann, great tweet from him. He had the average margin of victory on Christmas in 2020. So last year was 23.2. Holy crap. Uh, This year, a much more enjoyable 6.4 
average margin of victory. And that's including that uh, pretty dominant Knicks win there. So that sort of skewed the numbers even a little bit more. So it was just good. I mean, again, you already said you had LeBron becoming the league's all-time leading scorer on Christmas Day, passing uh, Lakers legend Kobe Bryant for that spot. Kemba Walker easily could just sort of be a winner of the weekend by himself, but you had him and Harden both in fire Christmas Day outfits, both recording triple doubles uh, for their respective teams there in New York and Brooklyn. Giannis, I already talked about him and his MVP performance there, helping uh, lead the Bucks to that huge comeback victory over the Celtics. I mean, that that block task on, uh, I guess it was on Time Lord there, where he, what, he steps to Tatum. Mm-hmm. Like, Tatum's going to shoot it or dunk it. He's like, okay, I'm ready for you. Tatum wisely passes to the dunker spot to his big man. Okay, that's going to be an easy two. That would have been an easy two against almost anybody else in the league, but Giannis, nope, jumps, blocks him totally clean crazy players he plays from him and then donovan mitchell is he top 12 is he top 15 <laughs> is he top 20 top 24 top 20? Uh, anyway he helped utah overcome a pretty early deficit to take down the shorthand of maverick so just entertaining games andrew i don't know how much uh basketball you were watching there on christmas day i know you got three uh three young boys so i'm sure it was madness over in your house but did what? you take in any uh yeah, I mean that that Nets Lakers game was incredible. It was yep. so fun. I fe- I actually felt bad for Russell Westbrook <laughs> because he's had he hasn't had a bad season. It hasn't been mm-hmm. this bad. But to do it on Christmas Day like that, everybody <laughs> just thinks, oh, we got to just trade him. We got to get rid of him. He's obviously he is the problem. And it's like, well, if you've been watching all season, he hasn't been the problem for the Lakers. Right. Part of the problem for the Lakers is that they all their role players are thirty seven years old. Mm-hmm. You know, if they had some younger players in there or just some more athleticism in there, I think it'd be better. But even like Russ is shooting 60% from zero to three feet this season. It's it's not as bad as as it looked as as him getting blocked by the he rim has, at the end of the game. He has bad timing is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, having oh. One of his worst games. His mistakes on. are the loudest in the league. Yeah. Just absolutely. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. And uh, yeah, it felt like there was a lot of Twitter discussion about triple doubles. Yeah. <laughs> and about how you can have a bad game despite having a triple double. And a part of that was, you know, Kemba didn't have an, an incredible game shooting the ball, but he had triple double. You know, same with there with Russ. And then the other thing uh, was, yeah, trade Russell Westbrook. And then people going, for who? And for what? And how? And what team What team is really yeah. going to, to want him right now? I mean, I just can't imagine what team it is. I, I've tried. Yeah. I even text Fred Katz. I was like, what about the Knicks? And he's like, no. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I have none. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, the Stan Van Gundy quote of the weekend. He's a great Twitter follow, but then he comes out with his his most engagement, his most retweeted tweet of all time by saying, yep. just because an NBA player has a triple-double doesn't mean he had a good game. And yep. the, the, definition of, the definition of Russell Westbrook's last couple years where he's obviously putting up these ridiculous numbers and now we're discussing whether or not uh, teams would take him on. <laughs> and he's he's still getting those numbers. Uh, but it, it is a fair point from from Stan Van because yeah, sometimes they aren't great. But you're right that Russell Westbrook, yeah, he can't be a team's best player, but he hasn't been the Lakers. Uh, the reason why they've stunk, uh, he has some some bad moments for sure. Be nice if he'd be comfortable taking every three when he was open. But yeah, the role players are the ones yeah forcing Russ to be the scapegoat, as Jim Wright yeah. says here that's in the what, stream. That's team. what happens. I mean, yeah. it looked like it was going to be on AD for a little bit. Remember that? There was like a week or two where it was like, hold on, you just got named to the uh, NBA All 75 slash 76 list. And you're not, you've been a little quiet. So there was that, but then he goes out. So now you can't point the finger at him. It's definitely not LeBron, who's playing incredibly well. Uh, 
So, well, who's, you know, Vogel had his little moment. Oh, Vogel's on the hot seat. He's going to be, this is what happens when, you know, you have so much expectations. It really happens on any LeBron team, right, Andrew? That's the truth. It's like, they're not living up to, uh, if they're not one of the top teams in the league, then it's like, well, it's not LeBron's fault. So who else is it? And then that's, that's just what happens. We go through this all the time. And And there'll be some turnover. I mean, I mean, every LeBron team always has turnover, especially when they start out slow. So it'll be interesting to see what Lakers management's able to do. Because it's really, if anybody's to blame, it's Lakers management for not making the right moves in the offseason. Yes, and, and and I think this is a great comment here from the one and only Bossable. <laughs> um, Russ is definitely a scapegoat, but also he's not the guy this team needed. That's that's fair. I, I don't think we're trying to sit here and like really defend Russell Westbrook. Like, oh, right. no, that, that was a championship move in getting him. You know, there were a lot of questions at the time. And yeah, he's Russ. So he looks amazing. And then he looks like, oh, you're killing us out here, man. Uh, like he sort of did on Christmas. But that's that. it was the building of this this team and, and the structure and the construction of this team task that was like, oh, this could not work. Especially if Anthony Davis isn't playing. That's the whole other thing to me. Like right. If he wasn't playing well and then when he's not even playing, that's an issue. Yes. And I think every team that's going to play them in the playoffs, if they're healthy, will be very worried that they can lose to this team. <laughs> regardless of what we're saying right now. But yeah, the role players are a problem, not playing to their capabilities. You give up Caruso and KCP and Kuzma and Harrell, and they have not been able to replicate that. And talking about age, this is Russell Westbrook's 14th year in the league. He's not young um, by by any standards, especially by like athletic guard standards either. So that uh, it hurts. It, it hurts like to ask a guy to carry a team when his – Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys aren't, you know, pulling their weight. That's that's how LeBron's teams have been great. It's when you know guys step up, and that's uh, that's what they thought they were getting from Russ is a guy who could be sort of the uh, the link, the olive branch from the regular season, you know, to the playoffs where LeBron could chill a little bit, and Russ would be that energetic guy to get him get them the buckets. But it hurts when, yeah, the rest of the guys aren't aren't performing. There's a lot of talk here in the stream team. And we'll just touch on this before we take our first break. What about Westbrook and whatever else you got to throw in to make happen for Ben Simmons? <laughs> if this is where it all ends for, oh my God. for the Sixers. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'll be listening to every Sixers podcast for a long time. Yeah. But yeah. I just don't know that they can handle it. I don't I don't know that Sixers fans could handle this being the uh the end of the line for the Ben Simmons stuff. Oh, what an emergency podcast that would be though, Tess. Mm. That was one of our last emergency podcasts, wasn't it? When Westbrook got traded for uh Chris Paul, right? That was obviously a while ago, but I remember I was on vacation when that one broke. Yeah, that was, was uh yep. the summer of twenty nineteen when uh, the starters became the free agents. Right, right. Yes, that's right. Because we were asking Rob Palenka, hey, sign us. We don't have a deal. Sign <laughs> us. We could be your 11, 12, 13. Yeah, we're, we're old enough. <laughs> fit perfectly in that window that you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, then we had the four-way Harden deal as uh, the emergency podcasts. Uh, the famous clip of JD finding out live that he had to do a fourth podcast that day. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that was, that was, well, I, I, uh, no, that won't happen. Russ to the Sixers will not happen. I no, no, Maury's not holding out for that. uh, But yeah, Simmons on the Lakers. Sure. People like that. (laughs) The Lakers with fans would like, like that. I'll, let me give kudos to the NBA for the scheduling. Cause I was, 
I was a little worried that they were going to you know, reschedule games and no one was going to watch the the first and the fifth game because they said the the primary slots were the two, three, four slots. They, they right. warned the teams, hey, yeah. uh, you may be moved around. And, and I, they made a good decision not moving teams around by not lessening that, you know, the, just the, the image and, and the quality of, of the game. So they did good, a really good job of keeping the trailless Hawks in the one hole and the Lucas uh, Mavs in the five hole. And two, three, four was great. And I, you mentioned the, the Yanis play in game three. I think that one is sort of overlooked, uh, maybe because it was sandwiched between two really great games with the Warriors game and the Lakers game. Uh, but that that play was so amazing. I mean, it was like the finals where he was able to bounce back and uh, block the DeAndre Ayton alley-oop. He played two guys at once. And when he played Tatum and Robert Williams, I mean, that was phenomenal. I think Tatum would be uh, probably in the loser category if we were doing winners and losers because his clutch moments just haven't been very good this season. He wasn't clutch there. No, uh, just, I think we're learning, too, that Shams is saying uh, he might be in protocols as well. Mm, Tatum is. Jason yeah, Tatum. That's like breaking right now, I guess. These protocols, they come out of nowhere. It's I mean, you, I mean, no, after Christmas, after Christmas, Draymond Green, protocol. John Collins, protocols. They just, they are relentless. Yep. Uh, we're going to take our first break, but when we come back, we'll uh, get into the talk about this in-season tournament, Paul George injury, and a lot more. So don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, a little news for you guys. This first one is back in our lives by way of Woj and ESPN. Renewed momentum for creation of in-season NBA tournament. Tass, uh, I know we have talked about this many once. times before on the podcast. Oh, just once? No. Yeah, you're right. Uh, no, definitely twice, three times maybe. But Woj is saying that this could be possible in the next coming years. And again, there's a renewed momentum from Silver and the owners to maybe get on board with this. What do you think? The timing of the tournament I find interesting. A pre-Christmas tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, but look, this is the time of year when the NBA desires more eyeballs. Right. A lot of people, you know, the casuals say that the schedule, the NBA season doesn't start until Christmas Day anyway. So I guess that's what the league is thinking here. I wonder if it would be a distraction for players that are in that mode of in October, November, trying to get their teams right, trying to build and establish. But I guess not. I guess it's another game, another way to get better. So I think it's it is a good timing for the league and could create some exposure when they want it. Um and I guess the success of the play-in tournament has built a little trust here uh, with Adam yeah. Silver. 
So I, th- I think the Players Association could say, all right, you know, you did well. Um, it would also mean reducing the number of regular season games from 82 to 78. So I think the players would would definitely be up for that. Would the owners be up for that where you would lose some money, uh, you know, some a few million dollars for your two home dates that you lose. But I think I think this offer is a nice sponsorship opportunity if we're talking on the business side for other sponsors to get in the game uh some some sponsors who would want to get nba um eyeballs and uh you know maybe they lost out on on trying to get nba rights or whatever i think this is an opportunity that will easily be uh recouped uh for those those couple games will be recouped in terms of the losses there so i think it's a good timing on the schedule rather than what they were thinking January ish before the the All Star game, I think I think the players will be playing because they want to get their teams going in October November, rather than a January right before the All Star game. Do you think I'm right there, Andrew? Is it, is it players will be more focused to jump in head first into this thing rather than like right before the All Star game when they're thinking about break and they've already sort of you know got the 25, 30, 35 games the routine of their own team in. Yeah, I, I think so. I, th- I think there's some teams that still don't know exactly who they are by that point, too, and yeah. might still have, have hope for playoffs or whatever it is, and this could k- kind of help that a little bit. And I also think this is just a way for the NBA to dominate the entire calendar, right? I mean, if if they can get people watching them during that time and then watching on Christmas and then watching like the playoff race, then the playoffs, then the draft, you know, I mean... There's just, I think they just dominate the entire calendar if they're able to do this and pull it off. So, and I'm all for it. Like, let's let's have more fun. I think tournaments are fun. I think that people right. will get into it. I mean, I, I don't see why not. I don't see the the true downside here for the NBA and not doing this. And as a fan, like you just want more things to root for, and this is definitely that. Yeah. So Woj says this could become a part of the calendar as soon as 22-23, maybe 23-24 season. He also said the tournament would begin with pool play as part of the regular season schedule prior to teams with the best records advancing to an eight-team single elimination tournament that would, like Tess said, culminate prior to Christmas. So games that they would be playing anyway going to be part of, in theory, this pool play to this tournament and the top eight go into it. And, you know, it's like a, a one-and-done type of thing. And and they battle it out for for what is the question They've discussed a purse of $1 million per player for the winning team. Okay. A million bucks to, uh, you know, you're already playing these regular season games. And then what? In theory, you'd have to win three games, I guess, if you got into this tournament, uh, if it was only eight teams. Uh, Do I have my math right on that, guys? I think that's correct, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, there's that. And who knows what else could could possibly uh, be in play? I'm I'm with you. Like, this... Silver keeps saying this maybe not in the first year people are going to be like, oh, this is awesome. I'm all on board. Like, but it, it might build over time. Like people might get a little more enthusiastic about it over the coming years. And I'm a big like, why not to with this? I don't see what it's actually like taking anything away from if it makes games in. Yeah, early December, mid-December, whatever, a little more entertaining and must-watch when they are competing still with the NFL, uh, you know, uh, on the schedule of sports. So that's, a, I'm sure, a part of their equation here, too, of when they would place it or where they would place it. I also uh, tweeted out, guys, I'd love to get your take on this. I, know, I can't remember if you guys are wrestling fans or not, but uh, if they do this, 
I think the winning team like needs to like get crowns and scepters and maybe like gowns <laughs> and like just go full on like King of the Ring style from the wrestling world and call it King of the Court even. I mean, it's right there. And like you get to show up, Andrew, like rocking this regalia. Oh, I would love that. Do you right? do you do like do you do a like miniature parade afterwards? Ooh. Like does, do you, like they return and then <laughs> like how does this fan base celebrate this? Is yeah. Is kind yeah. of what I wonder. Wow. That's why I think the players should allow like to continue like wasn't it Sheed and the Bad Boy Pistons there or the Pistons and not the real Bad Boy Pistons, but like when they won the title, they had the belts made. Yeah, the like, belts. Yeah. Yeah, like they like run with that. Yeah. Like have them show up in their pregame fits tasks with crowns and scepters and stuff like that. They're the kings. We bow down. So I think the NBA is in on it. Remember 2013, uh, the Spurs Heat, they pulled out the rope when they thought the Spurs were going to win the championship. They had the <laughs> right. rope around right. the, the floor. Yeah, they would love having ropes around. I think, yeah, let's have a little ring. <laughs> uh, King of the ring. Uh, yeah, I think the NBA players would would buy in, no doubt. And uh, I, I just, I remember, you know, our days, you know, semi-working for the NBA and how the, the terminology was a tentpole event. Opening night, tentpole event. Christmas day, tentpole. All-star, tentpole. Finals, draft, and, and free agency. And this would be the creation of another tentpole. The tent mm. is uh, getting some more uh, peaks uh, if, if they could pull this off. And uh, so, yeah, I guess it's it's a time of year where the NBA uh, is uh, is trying to protect their turf a little bit too. As you said, Andrew, they're they're trying to expand, trying to yeah dominate the schedule. Well, the NFL just walked in on Christmas Day, tried yeah. to to push uh, the NBA aside there on Christmas Day, which is something that they're supposed to own. So yeah, I think the NBA will yeah let's let's get the King of the Ring. I like it. Uh, yeah. I, I, like, yeah. Like Jay says here, it's like, if it's like King of the Ring, it's just a title that means nothing but bragging rights. Sure. <laughs> I mean, it means nothing for sure. That's fine. Who cares? These games don't mean anything <laughs> right. half the time. So right. just, uh, you know, we have a little fun little mini tournament within the season. I, I like it. And I, I'm with you guys. I like the idea of where they're thinking about putting it now rather than whatever like a march or something like that uh you know after, like around like you said Tess, even that all-star break it's like nah no, we're fu- we're probably fine at the back end there and now especially with the play-in tournament we even have a little excitement like built in at the end of the season now uh even if those teams that get in ultimately are never going to do anything it's still fun to see oh who's gonna avoid the 9-10 who's gonna avoid the seven of having to sort of play their way still in having to win a game yeah we, yeah. we got that that's working so far and maybe that does help out Silver's chances of convincing uh, these these billionaire owners. Oh, hey guys, you're gonna you might lose another two. You might lose some two million here on this one home gate. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll survive. I guess. Okay, our next one, NBA.com. Paul George. Wow, he is out up to a month with torn ligament there in the right elbow. Task when you get started. Um, sounds like he's gonna be up. Yeah, uh, three to four weeks at least. It stinks for Paul George, but he hasn't been himself uh, since that opening run of uh, October and then November was okay and then got worse in December here. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a good time for him to get injured. That's not obviously uh, uh, something he wants to have happen to him, but at the same time, he wasn't playing all that well. And the Clippers are not in a terrible spot because of the way the Western Conference standings have played out. There's a blob of teams. You know, after you get down 
uh, from, you know, the one, two, three, four spots, uh, Suns, Warriors, Jazz, they're fine. Then the Grizzlies are, are kind of treading water at four, but then there's just a bunch of teams in that sort of 500 range. So I, I don't think the Clippers have really any worries that they're going to fall out of the play in tournament standings. I, I know it's, it's a, it's obviously, not been the start that they expected. I thought that they could be an NBA finalist. I, I legitimately thought that. And uh, I still think that every team would be worried playing them when they're healthy in the playoffs. But Paul George has to be better. And so is it a bad time? I, I, I think it's for me. I don't know. I think it's it's kind of OK because he just he wasn't looking like himself out there. Yeah, I was reading Jeff Stotts from uh, In Street Clothes. He always does a breakdown of all of these injuries. It's a weird one here, Andrew, with Paul George, because Jeff pointing out that elbow UCL injuries, they're common in baseball. And, you know, at least like the Tommy John surgery, but not so much in the NBA. He went through his like database. There's been seven confirmed cases of this Paul George injury, including games like names like Andrea Bargnani and M. Fournier, Nicholas Batum, uh, Jimmy Butler, and the average missed time. For a, for a grade two UCL sprain, which is what he has here, uh, is about 13, 14 games. So you're looking at about a month of action here. But do you think Tess has a point? Like if this is going to happen, he had been laboring through this. It had been hurting him. So now he's going to sit it out. There should not be surgery, uh, that at least we know of. And okay, this is like the window to sit, I guess, um, if you're Paul George and the Clippers, and maybe they can tend the tie. What do you think? Uh, their schedule is pretty tough. I think they have the fifth toughest schedule remaining in the NBA. Mm. So it's it's rough timing for them, honestly. And f- for us tanking sickos here in OKC, uh, the Thunder have their unprotected pick. So obviously we don't want Paul George to get hurt, mm-hmm. but also Thunder fans are like, okay, this is probably a good time for if, – if the Clippers are going to miss, it's probably going to be because of this next month. Right. Because they do have a tough schedule remaining. So – I think we'll see the the West is is really weird. I don't really know who's going to be in the play in. Obviously, the Clippers are going to have a good chance to still be there, uh, but I still I worry a little bit about this upcoming schedule. And I've even talked to some people that cover the Clippers. They they had feared that the wheels could come off with even Paul George there. Paul George there during yep. the remaining schedule, and so with him gone. It'll be interesting to see because they've they've just been really inconsistent outside of PG. They don't really know what they're getting night to night from guys like Reggie Jackson or Eric Bledsoe. So it'll be really I'm I'm interested to see how they play and if they can overcome that. As the Thunder expert here, especially on today's podcast, remind me like are there are there protections on these picks um, between Clippers and the Thunder? Like what what's these the, are com- uh, what's the breakdown? They're they're not right. Completely unprotected. Yeah, okay. the Clippers picks are wow. So. so the so the worse the Clippers are, like you were saying, the happier OKC fans are in theory because the better the pick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. If this if this ends up being a lottery pick somehow, I mean the Thunder are, are pretty excited because I right. mean the Clippers are one of the best organizations in the league now, which kind of feels weird to say yeah. that the odds of any of these picks being really good are probably pretty low. Just mm-hmm. because they're always making competent moves, they have ownership that will are willing to pay the luxury tax, yep. so they're going to always compete. Uh, so they, so the Thunder always kind of needed something like this to happen for the pick to actually be a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's fascinating. Like, what's weird is there's no there's no then incentive for the Clippers to be like, okay, this is a lost year, right? Right. Kawhi, 
you know, just don't even come back. Paul George, all right. <laughs> you know, we'll slow play you for the rest of the season because they would, in theory, do that because they would keep a pick. Maybe you add some young talent there. But yeah, it's not even theirs. So... Right. The only one that you could reach for is that they do actually have a lot of young talent on their team. Mm -hmm. And so perhaps developing some of those guys or figuring out if you have anything in those guys is like a like like a weird like stealth tank for them just to see. Like, okay, Brandon Boston, like what really are you? Like, let's Mm -hmm. bring up Keon Johnson from the G League and see if he's got any juice to him. You know, like there's there's still some value to be had there mm-hmm. if it is a lost season for them because they have done I think they've done a great job with the draft uh, mm-hmm. and some of the players that they've got. Final one here, guys, from the Athletic, a fine website. Oh, I love it. Cavaliers signed coach JB Bickerstaff to multi-year extension as the team contends for a playoff spot. Tasses Cleveland Cavaliers punking. Tass's Raptors. I mean, it wasn't really, it wasn't really the Raptors if we're being honest. Uh, it was a team that was apparently like slapped together like two hours before the game. They were meeting each other on the bus ride to the, uh, to the arena with, uh, f- I believe four players on the hardship rule there in, in the Raptors. But anyway, the Cavs, uh, dominant victory and Bickerstaff getting rewarded for it, Tass. Shout out to JB Bickerstaff. Uh, and the fact that he took over midway through the season in the 1920 year. Uh, when uh, John Beeline, uh, you know, said some things he shouldn't have, and uh, the the uh, the former college coach was ousted, JB Bickerstaff picked up the slack midseason, and so I guess that uh, I, I bring that the timing up because I had forgotten that he had been there for a full season and a half before this year, before the Cavs really took off, and mm-hmm. those two years, the year and a half was terrible in terms of wins and losses. They won 19 games in that first year and then 22 games in his first full year last year. But J.B. Bickerstaff right. was allowed to stick around and to be the head coach. And uh, and kudos to the Cavs for allowing that to happen. And uh, he's, he's had a couple interim uh, coach stints before. He, he's sort of been labeled as that interim coach guy. But now he has uh, taken this team and, and should be given the reins. And now he's able to take this team to new heights, like 144 points of a smackdown against a Raptors team or 81 points and a half against the Kings team. Oh, man, beating up on the Kings team again. But uh, the Cavs just put up points, and they uh, have really come together as a solid team. So congrats congrats to to JB and his bicker staff for uh, putting together – got to say it. I got to yeah. say it. That's the man's name. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to get away from that pun. But, uh, yeah, they have – they have been allowed to to go with it. And Colby Altman, you talked about the, the Clippers doing well in the draft. Andrew, the the Colby Altman in the Cavs front office has done really well uh, in terms of their pickups and and their signings. And obviously, the Evan Mobley thing is the the cherry on everything. But they're able to jump into the James Harden four way deal and get Jared Allen. And yeah, they just they keep hitting some uh, some singles here, and hopefully, it turns into. Uh, to a grand salami at some point because because they should be in the playoffs this year. They absolutely should be because they're one of the better teams uh, in the NBA. Cav- uh, the Clippers, as you said, tough sked ahead. Well, the Cavs have already faced a tough part of their sked with all their injuries and stuff. So they should be they should be easily a, a playoff team. And uh, what a bounce back uh, from 19 and 22 win seasons. Yeah, what do you think here, uh, finally, Andrew, of the Cavs uh, locking up the inevitable coach of the year here in Bickerstaff. They want to get him under a contract. I love it. This is the feel-good story of the NBA, right? 
Like everybody was kind of laughing at the Cavs and what they were doing. Like you draft another big and you just right. extended Jared out. You're doing what with Lowry Markkinen? Like what's going on here? Like you clearly have no idea what you're doing with this basketball team. And then they lose Colin Sexton. Like all these things seemingly working against them, but it all kind of comes together. Mm-hmm. And for for a team that's been bad for so long, I think a lot of people probably expected them to be in the lottery again. And for them to put it all together and for it to work for a plan that no one thought would work to work, I think it's just fun. Like that's yeah. just, it's a great story. And Bickerstaff has been a part of it. Some of it is just the way that they play together. And that's a part, that's a huge part of being an NBA coach is just getting everybody on the same page. And it, it seems like Bickerstaff has done that. Yes. Yeah, especially when you consider like the young talent and then like that infusion of the vets in uh, Rubio, of course, coming in there and Tass was high on that, but Kevin Love's still there and yeah. contributing. My, I, I will say I'm only worried about Bickerstaff uh, and the Cavs moving forward here is because I think the first headline I saw on Real GM this morning was still Cavs very interested in Ben Simmons. <laughs> yes, they are. And like, look, I mean, you got a giant Kevin Love contract. Would Sexton have to be involved? Like, you could get him. They, they, they in theory, they could. They, the pieces are there to acquire him. They're not um, doing it. They're not doing but it. Yeah, but that's what I'm concerned. I mean, it's like at a certain point. Um, I don't know though. Do you, do you try and sell high on some of the uh, of these guys playing sort of out of their heads right now uh, or out of their minds? Or yeah, do you not rock the boat? And, just no, cool. no, I, I, I would be hesitant Slow to bring in a guy taking the ball out of Darius Garland's hands, and uh, I, I, you know, I would think about the Karis Levert potential move with the Pacers because it's a sort of a different signing. He could be the Colin Sexton uh, uh, role that Colin Sexton obviously has left because he's injured for the rest of the season. Maybe a sixth man, but. No, I you know you you say guys playing above their heads there skeets, but I'm buying I'm buying Mobley, I'm buying Jared Allen, and I'm buying Darius Garland's growth. So um, I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with that. I wouldn't I wouldn't because and Coral we talked about too is uh, had a couple awesome weeks growing. stringing together there. Yeah, roll yeah. with uh, it. Just shooting. roll with it. Yeah, they need shooting. They don't need another non-shooter. Right. Like, right they just right, need right. to add shooting to this mix. And I think let the guys grow. Let the young mm-hmm. guys grow a little bit. Uh, still with, though, wants to know, does Skeets post on Real GM? <laughs> Absolutely not. There are some hilarious comments on posts on Real GM, though. So I, I will say that. Do I read them? Every once in a while, yes, still with the post. My God, no. Just reading the headlines. Got to stay up uh, Stay up with all the news. They, and uh, hopefully we just helped you as well. Go ahead. They still do the thing on Real GM where anybody can post. Like it's a, you know, a free-for-all. I don't know. Like I, I, mean, hate I, I yeah, any I don't know. any maybe any, any person just <laughs> upload and, uh, and then they <laughs> they figure it out on the uh, the back end. I'm not sure. I'm okay. not sure. I think he. I think still with though is actually talking about you know. I see this. There's the headline. There's the article on the Cavs being interested in Ben Simmons, and then of course you comment on it. I think that's what he means. But no, uh, I'm sorry, well, I can't answer you. No, you're not one. Of, you're not one of the the commenters. But yeah. Comment section, always a fun place. I'm on the athletic comment section. Always yeah, a fun this, jam jam. This is true. I'm more of an NBA analysis network. Guy. That's sort of my vibe. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only website I check more than Basketball References uh, MVP tracker. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's get to a little tweet of the night. Mm, tweet of the night. Wow. Twitter. Oh, look at Andrew. All over it. 
nailing the tweet of the night sting. And uh, I got a fun tweet, I think, here from Tim McMahon with ESPN. He tweeted, Mavs play-by-play man Mark Folliwell is in the midst of a remarkable run in these strange times. An emergency solo broadcast carrying Dirk throughout his analysis debut. (laughs) And now a last-minute fill-in for the Pelicans crew. Holy Tass, I know you love NBA broadcasters. They say the darndest <laughs> things at times. As you, yeah, uh, we need to say what, come say back what. soon. Yeah, but what, but what? This is crazy here. I mean, uh, I love Tim taking a shot at Dirk. I just, uh, you know, they got great relationship there. But uh, yeah, those three things had to do a solo emergency one. Then he did the thing with Dirk, and then filling in for the Pelicans broadcast. At this time of year, as well, I find it mm-hmm. the hardest time of the year to uh, to really produce excellence. It's uh, especially being in this media game. This is the time of year where you're being pulled a thousand different directions and then follow being pulled in another one. I mean, he's a professional. Um, mm. I got two questions. Does this mean Joel Myers wasn't on the Pelicans broadcast? <laughs> I, I actually, I knew you were going to ask me that. And What's I up? didn't look into it. I, this it's, is the last yeah, minute. That's, tweet of the that's night. right. Yeah. Is that Antonio right? Daniels okay. was with, was with Mark last night. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. I got to hit up Joel and ask him how he's doing. Hopefully he's all right. Um, right. Second thing, there there was the joke there that uh, uh, you know Followell picked up Dirk Nowitzki's yeah, slack. Dirk, yeah. Ah, yeah. Um, yeah, he was carrying Dirk. I think the problem with the Mavs, and I hope this gets to to Followell, is that they they try. There's too many voices. I know Skin Wade's great, but I, I need more Dirk. I mean, Dirk goes solo. I think they had a three man booth with <laughs> with the Mavs, and this is my production note. Let Dirk fly. Let him spread his wings. You want Dirk to do a solo game? Okay, no, that's nuts. That's crazy. But I mean, yeah, he's carried some teams before. No, but let him, let him, the three-man booth sometimes, you're taking away the shine of the one guy, especially in a a basketball game or flying. This isn't football. Is that, Tass is loving this podcast today. There's no Lily, there's no Trey. No, in basketball, you've got 24 seconds and the play-by-play guy is calling uh, 10, 15, 18 seconds, and then the 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 other two guys in the booth, if there's three-man booth, just have to whip in one line. Dirk needs to spread the wings. Oh, okay. Let Dirk fly, baby. Let him let him go. Uh, get him on other broadcasts. Let him go to the Pels. Sorry, Antonio <laughs> Daniels. Uh, you can't. You're, Dirk's going to be with Joel Myers for this one. But I, Joel My- we had a sorry, we had a moment with uh, Dirk Nowitzki on the podcast last week. We featured a moment because Dirk was amazing on that broadcast. He was very, very, very funny as you would expect. And so more Dirk in our lives. Nothing wrong with that. No, no, I, I, I am pro more Dirk in our lives. But I am also pro three, uh, three men slash you know women at times in the booth. I, I like it. I mean, it's all it's all a chemistry thing, Andrew. Yeah. But you know, some of them pull it off. I think Mavs do a phenomenal job, of course, with uh, Skin Waits sort of as the as the third voice there. The Nets do it on broadcasts from time to time. Um, you know, uh, at least did. I, I don't know what Richard Jefferson's sort of like contract is now with his ESPN <laughs> days there. But you know, Kustak and and Bird would be on the call. I'm a fan of it. I. I I, I usually like the uh, the three people calling a game, even even the national broadcasts, even when it's like uh, what Van Gundy and Jackson and uh, I guess Breen is usually with them, right? But yeah, well, just just let Dirk wade into the waters a little bit before you give him too much airspace. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like yeah. it. You gotta get your reps in here. You gotta get your reps in. Uh, all right, so that's tweet of the night. Great stuff there from Tim McMahon. Pick results from way back on Thursday night. It was that Spurs-Lakers game. You might remember that uh, Tass and I were tied going into this game for the month of December. Not anymore. It was a big one. Not anymore, he says. He's pumped because the Spurs 
uh, hammered the Lakers, like I brought up earlier in the show. So they covered uh, quite easily. Uh, they were dogs, actually, in this game somehow. But that's a victory for Tass. He's 7-9. and nine. It was a victory for Lee. He's 9-7. and seven. Trey's okay with the loss. He's 12-4. and four. So I'm 6-10. and 10. I'm a game behind Tass here. We have tonight's game. So I really need this one. And then we'll have December 30th, in theory. So you will either wrap up the month here, Tass, tonight, and I will once again lose Pick'em. It'll be my fourth one that I'll have to pay off. My God. Or I'll tie it up. So this is... Uh, Extremely important. What's the game? Well, it's an eight-game schedule tonight, and I went with one that is uh, near and dear to our hearts here as Atlanta Hawks bros, uh, supporters of the Atlanta Hawks being here in Atlanta. Uh, They're at home to the Chicago Bulls, obviously Trey's team. Mm -hmm. So it's a a five-and-a-half-point spread. It's a seven-game skid, and I can't count. Uh, So five-and-a-half points for the Hawks. Uh, getting that at home because the Bulls are favored on the road. Obviously, the Bulls are favored, but you'd think that the line might even be a little bit bigger than that because everybody is in Hawks protocols. John Collins added to the protocols after the Christmas Day game. And so, a five and a half point spread, even though Lonzo the Bulls Ball, played yesterday. Didn't he just uh, get put in protocols? As yes, well? Lonzo Ball did for, for the, the Chicago Bulls. That's totally true. But the Hawks have been horrendous at home they've dropped their last seven games at home seven straight so they can still lose this and cover because it's yeah. a five and a half point spread but i'm feeling a little loopy i'm going I'm, I'm being a little crazy here i'm going with those atlanta hawks i i i think the bulls might overlook them a little bit i and i think it might carry over from yesterday they beat the pacers they allowed the pacers to get on the offensive glass this this young peppy hawks team that's obviously uh doesn't have a ton of their players, Trey and John Collins and Gallo and, and, and Herter down the line. Uh, but I'm still taking them for some odd reason to to hang with the Bulls. Skeets, what are, what are you feeling? Well, I'm, I have to take the opposite. So I, I was pumped to see you taking the Hawks. Yeah. Uh, at plus five and a half, you said. You got some wiggle room there for sure. It could be a close game even if the Bulls uh, get the victory. But yeah, Bulls are, Bulls are back, I'm told, every second day here on the show. So let's... Uh, Let's continue those that that impressive play there, Chicago. I need a win. I need a six point victory down here at the fortress. What do you What do you think, Andrew? If you're a betting man, where would you uh, be putting your hard earned coin? Oh, bulls! No, oh, question. Oh, that's boy. a trap, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh! I think ta- oh, people are saying Tass is feeling generous. generous. Is this my Christmas yeah. gift? Is that what you're trying to do? Like yeah. a belated Christmas gift like. to me? Um, we'll see. We'll see. Crazier things have happened in the NBA. Nothing's a gimme. But uh, I need the Bulls to win by six points or more. And uh, Tass needs uh, the Hawks to keep it close enough to wrap up the month of December until we start this all over again in January. Okay, that's it for us. Let's call it there, guys. Come on. We got things to do. All three of us. Myself, Tass, Andrew Schleck, filling in for JD here. We'll be back on Thursday, December 30th for our final podcast of 2021. Um, I think it's just the three of us again. I can't keep track. I know JD won't be here. TK, I think, might be traveling back from Chicago. Lee, who knows what he's throwing in the air in Calgary at this point. Uh, So it'll probably just be the three of us. So help us out with that show. Get your questions in. Send them into nodunksattheathletic.com. Maybe we'll do a little beach step and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunksinc, and grab yourself an athletic subscription. Nice deal going on right now. End of year deal, $24 for a full year's worth of athletic subscriptions. Great journalism and uh, podcast-free 
ad, ad, podcast free <laughs> ad free podcast that'd be weird uh go to theathletic.com slash no dunks thank you so much to the stream team for joining us here on a monday a little christmas hangover really appreciate you guys swinging through until next time clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome Thanks for joining us. And yeah, we're saying a lot of things incorrectly today. I had that brain fart with the ad. You're calling podcast free podcast there, Skeets. And going back to our last show in studio, we were talking about this deal for The Athletic. And we were saying that it's half off, but it's actually you're only paying a third of the price. Uh, so yeah, our numbers are just way off. It's just a third. You're paying thirty-three percent. I, I can't keep track of all these athletic deals. Man. I know There's a new one every week. They are fast and furious, but yeah, third's better than half. Three better than two. Isn't that what they say in basketball? It's not really. It's a third. It's not three. But anyways, fractions, stats, ads can't keep them straight. Embrace the day, people.